0: Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to Industrial coatings Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis.
1: Hey, Paul. Hey, Jack. How'd it go? Well, it's snowing today. Which, if you've listened to this thing before, you know that leads to the absolute worst shirty traffic here in St. Louis. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. And
0: honestly, that does kind of lead
1: well into our topic today dude it was sprinkling this morning and it took me twice as long to get to work no i know that but what i'm saying is
0: merging is hard the topics we're talking about everything that's happening today is going to end up in this system
1: that's true that's true everything that is happening out in the world today i mean there's a few things that are happening out in the world today that i'd like to force into this system (laughs) yeah you
0: can say that again But
1: uh, (laughs) that's not how it
0: works no When we're looking at what's going on in today's environment, okay, we're in St. Louis. We're recording this ahead of time. You guys know that. This isn't live. And we're getting our first real snowstorm of the year. So is a majority of the country. Correct. If you live north
1: of us. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of people south of us have gotten some of this too. I hear there's an inch in Michigan and uh, Connecticut apparently is getting snowmageddon.
0: Right. So along with all of the snow that's... Fallen on our streets and our driveways, being plowed, we also now have to deal with all the chemicals that are being used, what? whether it's salt or brine or whatever sort of solutions that the municipalities are using to help make the roads safer for us to drive on.
1: You know what I like to do when we get a good snow before Thanksgiving? I save that snow and that rock salt. It makes a good <laughs> brine. Yes, sir, good. and <laughs> yep, diddy. Mm, get her done. Can I get sued for that? I'm sure that's copyright infringed. Or uh, trademarked. Trademarked, that's the word. Yeah, it's probably trademarked. He's he's got sleeveless flannels he's got (laughs) to (laughs) buy. Like, do you ever, like, is is this closet like Ernest P. Whirls, where it's like the same seven gray t-shirts, but it's just like, man, I didn't know so many sleeveless flannels were manufactured with hoodies on in the United States. Is there a Larry the Cable Guy line (laughs) of sleeveless hooded flannels? So there should be, but I feel like he cuts those. I feel like at one point, but he has somebody who does it for it, him Yeah, now. they do it now for
0: him. I don't think anybody makes them that way, though. Maybe I'm just showing where I shop or don't
1: shop. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we got here. On, Larry, on, on Of all things, Larry, yeah. the cable guy. We've jumped the the lead here, though, so we're let's finish your analogy, and then we'll give people the email address. So, it all ends up in the sewer. It all ends up in the sewer, everything. Yep. And – uh
0: so if you don't believe us on that, send us an email and ask us. There we go. There you go. How's that for a transition back on to There's an amateur it? segue. That's right.
1: Hey, will get there. Well, that's hey, we'll a four, four at best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by episode 200 we'll, we'll be there. Hey, my segues are fine. Okay. Like I said, you've been playing with microphones longer than me.
1: Man. That's uh like the Gavin Belson signature box right there. That's what you did to me right there. So collection systems. So what no, we're, email. Email, we still didn't give the email. We still didn't give it. God, my segues are now down to we're down to a two, Paul. Yeah, that's right. All I right. Go so. ahead. So what's our email? Technical service at carbaline.com: Oh yeah, there's not more anymore. No. That's we're just done. Yeah. Good Send thing, us an email. Good thing the boss is in China. But <laughs> well, your boss is in my China. My boss is. Mine's in Michigan. We're gonna talk about the collection systems. So and hopefully, get in a transmission system. So, we're talking about a lot of shirty movement here <laughs> that you're supposed to pick up and go with that. <laughs> so, collections- no, I just wanted to let that hang there for a second. <laughs> hang there for a second. Yeah. So, we're talking about the beginning. So, you know, in episode one of this series, we talked about, you know, this is when you flush the toilet. Yeah. We're, we're going to take it a little bit further. We don't care about the sewer within your own home. And we don't care about that lateral line that goes from your home to the main sewer line. Right. That's not the part that your
0: normal high-performance coating company really gets involved with. Those are pretty standardized pipes. A lot of times they're plastic pipes.
1: uh And we start to get interested as we get into the main sewer lines, but we really get interested as we get to the lifting station. That's right. So really today, what you want to think about is when you hear on the news about – every once in a while when they get to actual news, you hear about crumbling infrastructure in the United States. Most of us think about highways. Right. But I, I think one of the other things that we really need to keep in mind is a lot of our sewer systems in the United States are very, very, very old.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you know. just in my neighborhood, my house was built in the 50s. And in my neighborhood, they came through two years ago. They had to put in all new water lines. So the main water line coming into our neighborhood was replaced. Mm -hmm. It followed two or three years of chasing the break. Sure. You move down, they fix it.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Now you fix that pressure relief, and you've now caused the next weakest spot in the pipe to be the new weakest link. The same thing's true for our sewer systems. These are areas that frequently don't they're not full all the time they have an ebb and flow pardon the pun to mm. how how material mm. is flowing through these mm. it was i had an interesting mm. conversation <laughs> mm. anyway <laughs> well i had an interesting conversation i used to live in new orleans i was there when katrina hit and we had uh, a gentleman from the our local sewer and water board in New Orleans and he was doing surveys around the areas and knocking on doors and trying to find out exactly how deep the water was. And we stopped and talked to him and said, you know, so what's what does that have to do with the sewer system? And his response was, you know, we're trying to calculate the amount of pressure that was put onto these buried pipes. Because as this water went over, you know, water weighs weighs eight ish pounds per gallon. I'm talking about in the flood in Katrina. Yeah, this yes. was during yeah. the flood. Oh yeah. I sorry if I missed that part. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this so this was during the flood. And the idea was that kind of additional pressure, you know, your streets are rated and they say not to exceed so many tons per axle. Well, the same thing's true for our, for our water system, whether it be sewer or our, our freshwater system. Those pipes are rated for a certain amount of pressure. And when you put that amount of flood water on top of it, it was a tremendous amount of additional weight. And they were trying to calculate where the load rating succeeded, It was a really neat perspective on how the infrastructure of the sewer system works.
1: Well, sure. And depending on how old the sewer system is, they've made sewers, uh, piping, out of everything from brick to concrete to clay to cast iron. They used to, to make them out of wood. Yeah. And so these systems are are beginning to fail. My street was uh, made in the 20s. And recently, and and this is not something that Carboline really plays in, but this is a huge segment of uh, wastewater coating that is exploding, is people are relining these sewer systems rather than replacing the pipe. And on my particular street, they went with the vinyl ester. Um, I know a lot of times it's uh, a polyurethane or or, or an epoxy, but on my street, I I got home one day and it was you know kind of funny (laughs) because hanging smelled like work. Well, hanging on my door was an informational door hanger about styrene, and uh, (laughs) styrene is if you're not familiar with vinyl esters, it's the pungent aroma. It's also the uh, curative, but. It was just funny to me because they were worried about people smelling this in their houses. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it smells, uh, if you've ever used Bondo, Yeah, that's what it smells like. Anything um, fiberglass. Anything is that some... fiberglass. Is, yeah, it's that kind of smell. Yep. And this is a major explosion within this market of relining these 100-year-old sewers rather than replace them. That is going to be the main source that you see of linings at this point other than the manholes and the manholes manhole restoration is an entire point point. and just like we've talked about in the last two episodes for these sewer pipes that are under your streets for the manholes this is where we're talking about our mic or uh microbe uh, induced corrosion you know the biogenic sulfide corrosion is most prevalent where that is attacking the concrete or stone or clay and is is causing problems now let me add to that too when we talk about manholes in this
0: part of the collection system you know this is where we're collecting it and 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 moving it also included in this are those steel grates there's a there's a reservoir when you look on the side of your street on your curbs those steel grates that are there everything that flows into there there's a there's a reservoir there there's a tank of some sort that gets coated really similar to the same way that manholes do.
1: Yeah, and so here, these are the two main ways that I think that you think of corrosion in the collection systems. It's most often going to be concrete at this point. There could be some older stuff that you run into. Uh, if you think about a manhole and, and think about these pipes, this is, this is where repairs are huge. You're, yep. you're going to, in a lot of cases, be rebuilding concrete yep. in reline cases. So this is where heavily filled products like cementitious epoxies are going to come into play. You're looking, uh, if you're talking about just strictly rebuilding, you're looking at something like our Carbogard 510, which is in a cementitious epoxy. If uh, you want some chemical resistance thrown in there, there's the Placite 5371, which is a trialable epoxy. It is a cementitious
0: product. It's going to bring to you all of the properties of cement, That help in these long-term durability. And with it, we've added the benefits of epoxy coatings. And we've added the chemical resistance, which is going to add to the integrity of the system when exposed to things that would normally permeate concrete.
1: You know what else we put in that bucket there, Paul? Time. Lots of time. Because now with the 5371, you're just going to do one-lining as opposed to repair... And then line, okay? You're going to fix a lot of your evils with that 5371. Now, if we start talking about inches, well... You can do it. It's just not your most... A- so you're, yeah. you might as well rebuild with one of the restructuring projects. Yeah. But that 5371, that extra time comes free of charge. Hey, Paul. Do you know Carveline's going to the boat show? Yeah, I've heard that. Not your boat show where you go pick out your bass boat, but the oh. boat show. Oh, it's a work thing. It's a work thing. Uh, I see. I, I wonder if they have a catchy jingle like the boat show here. <laughs> you going to sing that for us? No. Uh, not on microphone. Chicken. Yep. <laughs> you know the rules. Oh, I do. So anyway. I broke them. Yeah, you did. Several times. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to be at the workboat Show in New Orleans, Louisiana. I like New Orleans. I do too. I used to live there. We won't. No, we but won't. But Carbilline, the royal we. Yes. We'll be we, there. We will. Yes, that's December 4th through 6th. We're going to be at booth 1701. Stop by. Find out all the solutions that we have for you for your work, Bo. But another thing we'd like to highlight, because the two totally go together and make all the sense in the world, is our secondary containment line. Carboline has plenty of solutions for protecting the environment from potential leaks and spills. Yes, we do, Jack. And honestly, that falls right into what we've been talking about for this month's episodes. Yeah, I mean... Secondary containment is an important part of the wastewater plant because nobody wants that, um, stuff. Shirt? Shirt to yep. leak out into the environment. So once again, line we have plenty of solutions for you in secondary containment, and we're going to be playing with boats December 4th through the 6th down in New Orleans, Louisiana. If you're there, mail me a muffaletta, please. Thank you. Anyway, as we move on, that's, those are the two main areas and the main form of attack that you got to be concerned with the collection systems now we get into the transmission systems and any these transmission systems what we're talking about is now we are physically helping the wastewater along the way we, we we are giving it momentum and sending it towards that wastewater treatment plant he's looking at me like i'm gonna make a shirty joke and i didn't <laughs>
0: And I was, I, the only thoughts that were coming to my mind uh, was about Shirt Creek with a paddle.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if you're down there, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 we're trying to move that creek.
1: Yeah, but this is usually the first place where we can see steel other than those like grates and manhole covers. That's right. The first point of the transmission section would be the lift station. And like we said in episode one, this is where we uh, have our little poop elevator. I mean, wastewater elevator. This is a professional show, Paul. I need you to stop it. Okay. All right. So, okay. I I filtered myself. I said. I filtered myself. Anyway, on to the shirty content. We, at the lift station, this is where we now have pumps. And these pumps are going to, I'm going to say something here that, out of context probably isn't that gross but when you put it into context is a little unfortunate Uh, at the lift station this is where we're going to up the velocity (laughs) (laughs) of our wastewater with that increased velocity there's going to be increased pressures and increased wear because like we said also in episode one and two everything gets there they find everything in these systems so now we're moving these at a Not at their natural speed. Gravity is still at play, but is not the only factor anymore. Right. And so what we've done is they'll take it through whether it's a
0: conveyor or a pump of some sort or just additional water pressure. They're going to push it up to a new higher point to allow gravity to happen again.
1: And then what's going to happen is is this is how it's going to make its way eventually to the wastewater treatment. Facility once again here at the lift station, you have the same functions of corrosion. Uh, you still have high hydrogen sulfide, you still have Mick to worry about. Tremendous abrasion, tremendous abrasion because now we're putting things under pressure, and when you put things under pressure, that's going to increase your abrasive like properties. Correct. So now, and then you have the other factor of now we're introducing a different construction material too. So because you're introducing steel and, and you're looking at these pumps, you can start looking at thin film coatings as long as well as thick film coatings. Uh, you know, what's funny is in this industry, one of the most tried and true coatings is also one of the, the least exciting coatings. (laughs) I don't know that coatings can ever get exciting, but, uh, nobody, nobody's too thrilled when you say coal tar epoxy. No, but it's still one of those that's hard to beat. I think they've tried to eliminate it for years. That Cody Manufacturing and Development has tried to beat a oh, better yeah. solution than coal tar epoxy and we for have a, a lot, lot of, of things. we have a lot of options that'll do overlapping work. But when you start to compare price, service, and location, it's really hard to beat a yeah. coal tar epoxy like Bitumastic 300M.
0: That's right. And one of the main things that you're looking at is the coal tar epoxies are just that. They start with a coal tar pitch, Mm -hmm. which is naturally resistant to water, has a low permeability rate. When you add the epoxies to it, it makes them very hard. It kind of hits all the right marks.
1: Yeah. And now besides 300M, you know, you could use what's great about the 300M is you could use this on the inside and out of these transmission pipes. You know, it's good and buried ground service. Another one that's good in buried ground services are polyclad 777. Now this is a this is a whole different. We're jumping from one end of the technology spectrum to the other. So this is a fast set polyurethane. This is when you are a pipe manufacturer and you have a lot of high production. You're going to look at these quick set polyurethanes that are pretty much spin during application or dry by the time. The whole pipe is done and you're loading on a truck within minutes. That's where this product is coming in. And that, w- that would be 777 for the outside and 767 or 757 for the inside. Other things to look at all depend on chemical resistance. You're still going to look at your high solids, uh, epoxies, and epoxy novolacs. These are all going to work well here.
0: Yeah, One of the things that we're going to ask, if you call into tech service here at Carbline and you say, I'm doing a wastewater treatment facility, plant, pipe, we're going to ask you, what's the source? That'll help give us a little bit of an insight as to what chemicals we may need to be looking at. If you've just got municipal sewer system, yeah, we understand that. We get that. I don't need to know, you know, what the family up the street flushed down the toilet. But if you're could in... Could be an, anything. It could be. If you're looking at industrial stuff, though, we may ask you some questions about what kind of a facility is it? What chemicals do they deal with? Which will help give us some idea as to what's going to be in the water system.
1: So a quick Two-minute review of this entire episode. When you look at the collection systems and the transmission systems on the front of the wastewater, your corrosion conditions really are identical. The main difference between the one and two is you're going to see a lot more steel in the transmission systems because you're not going to introduce pumps and and conveyors and things like that depending on, on the system in it. The choices that you would make for recommendations are all going to be based the same way everything else is. Your substrates, chemical re- resistance needs, your ability to apply—all those different things—will steer you to the right product selection. Yep. But these two parts of the waste- wastewater system are identical in their corrosion creation. That's right. So for that, we'll leave you to next week when <laughs> we literally stir the shirt. Yes, that's right. Next week we will get into uh, primary and secondary uh, treatment, which involves clarifiers that have that big Big old old rake rake. arm (laughs) yeah where we gonna stir some shirt up anyway thanks i'm
0: jack and i'm paul we'll see you next week and so for the carboline tech service podcast i'm paul
1: and i'm jack and we'd We'd like like to thank thank you for your support
0: who put the line
1: in carboline who put the line in carboline no matter where i Say Carboline